You are listening to Weight Loss Made Real, and this is episode one, the difference between emotional eating, binge eating, and compulsive overeating. I'm your host, master weight loss coach and author, Cookie Rosenblum. I'm so happy you're here with me today. There's a lot I want to talk about with you, so let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I appreciate you being here with me today. On this podcast, we're going to talk about overeating, emotional eating, and binge eating. What's the difference between them and which ones do you need help with? Let's dig in and get some clarity. Here's why we need to define them. We all think of our problems in generalities. We all think our eating is terrible all the time. We all think we're out of control all the time. And we all think we can't say no to certain foods ever. And we may incorrectly think we're binge eaters or emotional eaters. And so we look for solutions that may not be the right ones for the problem we actually have. And that's like putting a Band-Aid on a broken arm. Then we get mad at ourselves when that solution doesn't work. So our first step is to see what we're actually doing. I know you. If you're anything like me, you want an answer to your problem yesterday. I get it. I do. But getting an instant solution that doesn't fit your problem, pretty much it's useless. Now, I don't mean that you need to spend a ton of time analyzing what you're doing, writing down everything you think, everything you eat, and everything you do. But I do mean applying some basic problem-solving skills, skills that I have no doubt you're already using in other areas of your life. When we have any problems at all, and the most successful people in the world do have problems, the first thing they do is stand back and they pause, and they look at their problem objectively. You know, they figure out what's going on, what they'd like to be happening instead, And then they look at where that gap is. They look at it exactly the way that it is. They look at it unemotionally and they train themselves to look at just the facts. And then they zero in on a solution for that specific problem. That's why I'd like to take a few minutes now to see what your problem actually is. So let's talk a little bit about emotional eating first. What's an emotion? An emotion is caused by a thought that goes through your mind. Here's a little synopsis of how it works. We're going to go further into this down the road. But something happens in our world, and when it happens, we have a thought about it. Imagine a thought to be a sentence in your mind, something that goes through your mind. When this thought goes through your mind, it creates an emotional feeling. I'm not talking about a physical feeling like tired, cold, being hungry. I'm talking about a vibration in your body that you experience as sad, lonely, happy, confused, angry. You know, you can imagine there are many, many feelings, and these are just a small handful. So when the feelings go through your body, if they're negative, many of us have trained ourselves to run from these feelings. 
We do that because these feelings are uncomfortable. And we have the belief that we should avoid discomfort whenever possible. Well, how do we do that? If we're emotional leaders, we do that by eating, whether we're hungry or not. And so when something happens in our world, we think something about it, that thought creates an uncomfortable feeling. And to escape that feeling, we grab something to eat. This makes us feel better temporarily. And it leaves us with the result of extra weight on our body. Most of us don't want this extra weight, but we think we have no choice but to eat when we're emotionally uncomfortable. We even have a name for it, and we call it comfort eating. We'll be working on emotional eating a lot, but for now, I want you to know this. There is no feeling in the world that can hurt you. And the really great news is that once you learn and see how you actually are the creator of your feelings, you can also then become the editor of your feelings. So if you identify yourself as an emotional leader, I want you to see it as just something that you learn to do. And now you will learn how to not do it. That's it. Remember, so many of our habits come from childhood. If you had a parent or a caregiver who offered you food every time you had a scrape knee or a broken heart, it's understandable why you learn to give yourself food as an adult who's going through a challenging time. It may not even be a huge challenge. It may just be the simple stuff of everyday life. You know, maybe your child has a cold, you have a work deadline, your dog has a problem, whatever it is. If you eat to escape the bad feelings you have, you're an emotional eater. And the solution, which we'll work on in great depth, is to learn how to manage your mind and in doing so, how to manage your emotions. You can do this and your awareness of what's happening is your first step. So now let's move on to binge eating. Many of the private clients I have start off by telling me that they're binge eaters. They think that if they overeat any food, they consider it a binge. And actually, a binge is quite different from what many of them are doing and possibly what you're doing. Here's what I mean. Binge eating is a bit more extreme than emotional eating. Now, don't latch on to the word extreme. That doesn't mean it's extra hard or that there isn't a solution for it. There is, definitely. But first, we want to identify whether or not this is really what you're doing. Binge eating is being in the habit of eating large amounts of food in relatively short periods of time and then feeling shame or regret. Yes, I know you probably do feel shame and regret after any instance of overeating, especially if you're also in the habit of beating yourself up after eating too much food. But Binge eating isn't necessarily caused by a negative emotion like emotional eating. With binge eating, your brain develops a pattern of responding to many situations in life by eating as much as your body will hold frequently. And once you've done this several times, the part of your brain that's wired for survival will offer the let's binge solution to you over and over again. 
So the more you do it, the stronger the urges will become until you think you're not able to control yourself. But the truth is, the part of your brain that gives you the urge to binge and the part of your brain that helps you get up and go to the fridge are two different parts. Your lower animal brain that creates those urges is not actually capable of making you use your voluntary muscles to get up, walk to the kitchen, grab the food and eat. It's the more rational part of your brain that controls those functions. So when we think we're under the control of the urge to binge, really as strong and as real as it feels, and I know what that feels like, it's still just a suggestion from your lower brain that develop because it thinks you need it. It thinks you need large quantities of food to survive. It can come up when you're alone or with people, when you're happy or when you're worried or sad. There are so many different situations that can trigger it and it can keep expanding. So we don't want to work in it from the point of view of working on or eliminating those triggers. We just want to work on the urge itself. And we want to understand what it is, where it comes from, what reinforces it, and what makes it go away. Are you a binge eater? If you eat a sleeve of Oreos when you're upset and then stop, I would say no. If you eat a sleeve of Oreos, whether you're upset or not, and then move on to other foods, even though you're stuffed, I would say probably yes but you know yourself best. And we'll be discussing this also in much greater depth. So you'll know for sure what you're doing and what the right solution is. If you're following along with me so far, you're probably able to identify whether you're an emotional leader or a binge eater. And sometimes you might do both types of eating at different times. But there's one more type of overeating I want to talk about today, and that's compulsive overeating. This is the more generic type of overeating. You may be hungry when you start eating, but you continue way past the point of comfortable satisfaction. People who overeat regularly usually are somewhat disconnected from their bodies. They know that they're very hungry or very full, but they may have a hard time distinguishing the feelings of a little hungry or the beginning of becoming satisfied or full. They usually eat when other people are eating, when the food looks or smells really good, or even when they see a commercial for tempting food. They keep eating if the food tastes good, and they don't take into account how much the body truly needs to be satisfied. They may use the clock to determine when to start eating. And they may say, you know, it's 12 o'clock, time for lunch, regardless of what their body's telling them. They also do something I like to call proactive eating, and that is they eat for the hunger to come. Have you ever done this? If you're at work and you have a meeting and you know that you'll be hungry in the meeting, you eat ahead of time to take care of your hunger before it even comes. This does not work, by the way. If we eat when we're not hungry, what happens is the extra food will simply be stored as fat for later. And that's the opposite of what we want. We don't need to store the fat for later because later we'll have another meal. 
Another way we act that leads to overeating is this. It's our thoughts. It's what we say to ourselves. So if you say to yourself, "Mm, this is so good, I can't stop eating. Guess what? You won't stop eating until you're way past full. Our thoughts create our feelings, remember? So when we say to ourselves that we can't stop, we're creating that emotion of feeling helpless. I can't stop. And so it follows that we keep on eating. We're helpless to stop because we're thinking that we are, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And here's another reason some of us habitually overeat. It's because of the foods that we choose. There are foods that are processed with lots of sugar, starch, fat, and salt that are actually designed Yes, they are designed by the food industry to create physical cravings in us so that even as we eat them, we want more and more and more. And of course, that is so companies can sell more and more. So if a large part of your diet consists of food like this, then it will be harder for you to stop, even if you're in touch with the signals from your body telling you that you've had enough. So the answer for the habitual overeater, I use the two terms interchangeably, habitual overeater or compulsive overeater. There are two things. One is getting in touch with how much food your body needs, your body, not your brain. So you know when to start eating and when to stop eating. And the other answer lies in the choice of what you eat. You don't only have to eat organic vegan food to be slim and healthy, not at all. I certainly don't. But you need to know which foods give you unstoppable cravings, and then you get to decide how much of them you want to give yourself and whether that struggle that's going to happen is worth it to keep them as a main staple of your diet, and you get to decide what percentage of your diet you want them to be. So now you know how I define the three main eating issues most of my clients come to me with. Emotional eating, binge eating, and habitual overeating. And I would guess that you've probably been able to identify with one or more of these issues. That's the first step for you because your clarity is what's going to help you stop looking in the wrong places for solutions and finally be able to zero in on what you truly need. Now, how do I know you can do this? I do know, and you can do this. Through the years, many years, I've worked with many hundreds of men and women, mostly women, who've conquered all three of these common eating problems. And you, my friend, are no different. I know that you think you've tried everything in the world, and maybe you have tried many things, but it all comes down to trying the right things and being consistent with them. And that's exactly what I'm going to help you do. You've accomplished many things in your life. When you focus on the few things you want to work on to change, I want you to try to look at these things without drama. Wanting to make changes in your life doesn't mean you don't have a good life. 
if you have extra weight on your body, all it means is that you have extra weight on your body. It doesn't mean anything about what kind of person you are. And I know if you're anything like my clients, you're an amazing person with lots of skills and talents. But when you mainly focus on your problem and your shortcomings, you set yourself up to fail. Why? Well, remember how we talked earlier about how our thoughts create our emotions? That's exactly what happens when we try something. We don't see the results that we want, at least not immediately, and then we mentally beat ourselves up. When you think things like, there's something wrong with me, or I just can't do this, or I will never figure this out. Well, those thoughts create really negative emotions. And whenever we feel any emotion, that emotion guides us in the things we do, the actions we take, and the choices we make. It all comes from our thoughts. So if we talk negatively to ourselves and we create some really negative feelings, we're going to be much more likely to take actions that are not in our best interest, like overeating even more. And that keeps us stuck in a painful cycle. And it gives us the exact results we don't want. So when you focus on your eating problem, try to do it unemotionally. Ask yourself, what are the facts about what I'm doing? What kind of overeating am I practicing? And how do I want to be eating? We're going to talk about how to conquer emotional eating, binge eating, habitual overeating, all of them. But in the process, I'm setting a rule for you. And that is, beating yourself up is not allowed. I want you to be drama-free in this process. I know you're discouraged from past results, but now we're turning over a new leaf, a new beginning. You now know what kind of eater you are. You know a little bit about how our thoughts affect our mood and our eating, and we'll continue on from here. I want you to look at this work we'll be doing as a project, and this project is all about you. So we'll be breaking things down into bite-sized steps, just like you would if you were working on any project, remodeling your kitchen, doing a sales report for your company, even looking for a camp for your kids. You'd figure out what you needed, right? And you'd think about who might help you or who might know some resources for you, and you'd plot out your steps. Well, that's exactly what I want you to do here for yourself. Send me your questions and I will answer them. Email me, cookie at realweightlossrealwomen.com. That's cookie at realweightlossrealwomen.com. There is nothing you're struggling with that would shock me. And you need to know that there's always a solution, always. So I hope you keep coming back. We're going to cover every topic I cover with my private clients. How to know when to start eating and what to eat that's right for you personally. How to know when to stop eating and then how to get yourself to actually do it. 
how to deal with those emotions and how to manage your mind so your life is happier than you ever imagined possible. What self-care is and what it could look like for you and why it's important. We're going to talk about what holds you back from what you want most. We're going to cover how we form habits and how to change them, how to recover from a slip, how to get through holidays, business dinners, travel, and celebrations. Basically, how to get through any challenging time and how to get yourself to do what you most want to do. I'd be honored if you'd give this podcast to yourself as a gift, a gift of learning, of support, and of finally getting answers. Subscribe. I'll be here for you every week. And I'll also tell you how to get different worksheets and recordings and interviews and all kinds of free goodies. Look for me in your iTunes folder once you subscribe. I'll be here for you every Tuesday. So that's all for now. See you next time. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to learn more and get some worksheets or interviews I've done and a few free chapters of my book, go to weightlossmadereal.com and sign up for some goodies. I'm really happy to share what I have with you. That's all for today. This is Cookie Rosenblum reminding you that as you search for answers, remember to keep it real, just like you. I will see you next week. Bye.